This is Melanie Ake, your host for Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Mike Skripnik, a Canadian entrepreneur whose dream and philosophy was to grow his business, get more freedom, and give back to others. Find out how Mike's passion fueled his dream of giving $1 million to charity and how this one goal impacted his entire life of purpose. Today we celebrate Mike, who is an everyday leader who is growing, getting, and giving more to change the world. Start your personal growth journey today where you can learn how to be an everyday leader in your life. Go to everydayleaders.com. Register for personal growth and development classes so you can develop your own strategies to be a leader in your life. If you're ready for one-on-one accountability, I will walk beside you as your personal coach to help you gain clarity and perspective to lead your life and career as an everyday leader. If you're ready to develop your spiritual growth, you can gather with us for the Everyday Leaders Leadership Devotionals. We meet every day at 7.30 a.m. And we apply these leadership lessons and values to our everyday lives and become a leader that can change the world. Welcome to Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, entrepreneur, coach, five-time author, and international speaker, Mike Skripnik. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Melanie. It's a pleasure to be here. It is so great. You know, we connected. I always take people back, and I actually just met you a few months ago when we were on Joe Swinger's uh, Silver Linings Network launch, and that was really fun to get to know you there. That was awesome. We got to do the inaugural, so... We gave him his first, I know. And, and you and I, I enjoyed being on the panel with you. It was fun, and I just kind of was in awe thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe I haven't known you, because I've been in so many circles that you actually could impact so many people that they're trying to figure out what they can do as they're earning money to give back, and so that's what this segment's going to be. If you are at the point in your career where you our, our learning success, understanding what success is, have the financial piece that you have to say, how do I give back? And so this is your show. <laughs> so sit back, sit tight, because Mike, your book, Grow, Get, Give, that's your whole website, growgetgive.com, teaches people how to do this. So thank you very much for coming on and sharing your journey tonight. Well, let's uh, let's have a look at it. Let's look under the hood. A yeah, bit. let's look under the hood. Tell us about how you came up with this whole um, process to help other people get and achieve their dreams. Well, for me, it it was it started in a point of crisis, not 
um, so unfamiliar to the territory we're all in right now. And a dozen years ago, I was in the financial service industry midway through my biz, my career. And I was really just basically driving back and forth to work. I was listening to myself. Actually, I can remember this. I was listening to myself on, um, on the radio because I had just recorded a spot and then I was in traffic listening to the traffic, uh, stock market update. <laughs> and, and I was hating it. I hated life, <laughs> hating life. I was telling people five times a day that, um, you know, Lehman brothers was going down in another bank and another business and, you know, trying to be as optimistic as possible. But really what it was doing was highlighting for me that, uh, the business I had built wasn't the business I wanted to be in. And it wasn't a one I loved. Um, it wasn't consistent with, you know, the rest of my life. I was volunteer, I was family man, I was having a great life around my business and it was just kind of funding it. So it wasn't a lot of connection. And uh, I just decided kind of at that time it was, it was going to change and I was going to bring my passion into my everyday. And from there I set some big goals. And one of the biggest goals I set was to give a million dollars away to charity every year. And I wrote that on a whiteboard and I said, like, there it is. Uh, you don't have a million bucks. You don't have um, any idea how to do it. Uh, but uh, how are you going to make that happen? And how are you going to do it in the business you have today and evolve? And so I set out to do that. How do you even think about something like that? <laughs> <laughs> it's audacious. And, uh, you know, I, I just I, I wanted to connect it with the charitable intent and impact. And so for me, it was just one of those big stretch goals that I, no one was coaching me at the time and I wasn't really getting much guidance. And that's, you know, if I'm going to really ramp this up and figure uh, out a new way to be every day, then that seems like a sensible thing to do is put something so far out of there, out there um, that I have to re rebuild a business. I have to rebuild my strategy. I have to learn how to speak a different language you know, how do I do all this? And then every day, maybe I can wake up with a purpose because my purpose was kind of drifting. I wasn't, I was helping rich people not lose or make more money, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, or affluent people. I, you know, it's not, these were, these are wonderful people, but it just wasn't as fulfilling as that premise of what if I help those people and uh, realize their philanthropic legacy in a way they never thought or imagined possible. Mm -hmm. And, and so how can I do that in my business? And so, and so there the journey began. And that was kind of the beginning of what ended up becoming something called Grow, Get, Give, uh, which is kind of my life and, and, uh, and business philosophy or mantra, whatever you want to call it. Well, and I love this because, you know, when we talk about personal growth and professional growth and, and all of these things, you know, it's usually about what our journey is in this legacy. And so when you think about contribution and expanding, what you what are you going to do once you achieve success? This is really the significance piece of, of leadership. And how we step into being a real servant leader is by thinking about the legacy that we're going to leave to really impact the world. And and so tell me about, you know, when you said a million dollars, right, you're going to figure out this, this whole thing. Did you have uh, any idea of, you know, the particular charities or the particular plan or who came to your mind first? Like, okay, if I can convince this, I can make the strategy on my whiteboard, right? <laughs> What'd that look like for you? Well, for me, it was really 
one of the, how would I, how, what was the best way to help make something like that happen? Mm -hmm. I had been working with endowments. And in fact, during that same, you know, the fall of 2008, almost exactly 10, 10 years ago, uh, sorry, 12 years ago. Um, I, you know, I was, I won a, you know, the business of an endowment and $30 million shows up in, a, in an account that I'm about to invest and everybody's, you know, freaks out and we have a meeting and I was the only voice of reason. And these are former chairmen of, of the biggest banks and various other very astute people. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, maybe that's the avenue. Maybe I help charity. And it, and it didn't really, wasn't for me a specific cause. It was just the idea. Mm -hmm. And so how do I serve charities in that way? And what I found early on was that they didn't trust me. They didn't know me. They didn't trust me. They were fearful of me. They, I always use the term, they thought I was the fox in the hen house. And they really pretty much battened down the hatches, got the shotguns and kept me at bay. And there was only one way I found or I figured out to maybe enter in as an acceptable member of their team or someone on their same side of the table. And that was ultimately to write a book. And so my first book um, was geared to basically teach the decision makers, the board of directors uh, who ultimately held the purse strings on the decisions, um, you know, teach them how to be more philanthropic, interestingly, because even though they're on a board of a charity. And so I looked at Oprah Winfrey and Bill Gates and Richard Branson, and I even went like to Bob Geldof and Bono. And, you know, these are kind of modern day icons uh, in a philanthropic way. You'd really look at them and go, they're philanthropists. And I wanted to learn what made them philanthropists. Like what was the defining thing? And it ended up being this journey instead of this teaching. And, but for me, it was great because I got to learn, um, you know, to circle back to your question is uh, you can't dictate other people's philanthropy, mm -hmm. that everybody has a path of experience, of connection, of cause identification, and then how they implement their own philanthropy. What I did learn is you can take that whole construct and with my knowledge at the time, I could, you know, multiply it. And what we all have is maybe we have time, we have influence and we have money. And time is simple. We give of ourselves, we give volunteer hours. Influence is, a, is an advocacy kind of role that we can have um, or just money. And at the time for me, back then it was about money. And so what I knew was how to leverage and create bigger gifts from what people would normally have thought was a real reasonable gift. So a $5,000 annual gift could be a half a million dollar legacy gift. And we figured that out. And that became very powerful. So um, it was really in the leverage of the gift, the size and the structure versus where it went. Well, and I love this because, you know, I'm sitting here writing all these notes. I, I love it because you think about all the people that are in a nonprofit situation right now, and they're saying, how do I have a conversation that's different? If I'm trying to drive resources today through COVID-19, functions are the way that we raise money, right? And right. Tr trying to be able to connect their message to these donors that really, you know, they want to show up for them. And the system and the process that you've helped them really visualize is, is just how do you connect those two resources, right? And I think it's incredible, the vision that you've had for this. 
because it really can change the world. I mean, it really can take, take somebody else's dream of I've started this organization to do this, to do X. And now if I can find the right kind of funding, and, and everybody's looking to do that in a variety of ways, right? Because they only have the experience to know, well, this is the group of people or this is the inner circle uh, to communicate this message to. So what? how do you guide um, some of your customers, if you will, to connect them to the right donors? So back then, uh, the great thing is here I was kind of a point person. I was a serving leader or just a servant to uh, the charities, and I was a serving uh, leader to the um, affluent family, right? So I had a really interesting and unique positioning in that I could help a charity understand the language they needed to speak. And I used to have this thing, I, I called it, I speak donor. Like I used to speak, I, I say, I speak donor. <laughs> and, and it was like the donor whisperer, I guess, in, in a way. But really, um, it, it, was, it was really about the fact that charities are so hyper-focused on the needs that they have and the necessity to fund whatever beneficiary of those needs um, that they have, right? That's part of what their cause is about. Mm -hmm. And they become so, um, you know, like narrow-minded in that, that when they go out and they ask a donor for help, uh, first of all, they rarely ask in the right way. But secondly, uh, the donor doesn't have, they're already connected. They don't have to be convinced that if there's a donor on the list, it's because they're connected to your cause. Right. But the biggest challenge is not that um, you don't have a donor who's not motivated because they're a donor for a good reason. It's that you don't understand what's on their mind. Mm -hmm. And through a number of years, I was able to through lots of presentations and private conversations and lots of guidance and counseling that I gave people and families. I was able to really extract what was important to the donor, to the individual when considering legacy. And that became magical because learning that language and being able to share it with organizations that needed the assistance, needed the help, needed the donations, um, that was where uh, we really changed things in the way they spoke. Because it's not about the beneficiaries of your charity or your charity itself. It's about the donor. Mm -hmm. And the donors aren't thinking about the charity. They're already connected. So they've got five other things on their mind. And it's usually taxes, money, and their family, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And and so once we were able to get through that, then we were able to have more powerful conversations and create that dialogue that's necessary to look at bigger and bigger gifts. Mm -hmm. So that was that was quite help, helpful. But here's what happened is after doing that for about, I don't know, six years, seven years, and we made, uh, we reached about $12.5 million of giving, um, I was kind of growing, I, I thought my talents could be leveraged in a different way. And part of it was here I was guiding people who were, who had already made it, who had already made the money and were deciding on how to position it. And they kept telling me, they said, Mike, you know, if I only knew some of what you just described to me 20 years ago, um, you know, I would have been, I would have done so many different things. And then they would also describe to me in their businesses what they would have done 20 years ago had they known, right? So all of that hindsight, I, you know, a light went off in my mind. I'm like, oh, I got I to gotta go help 
the people who were 20 years earlier. Mm-hmm. And, and what do I want to do? Well, I like coaching and I like guiding and it wasn't really the financial services industry that was really, you know, doing it for me, but the whole complex coaching and consulting side really, really got to me. And so I said, well, I'm going to help entrepreneurs and business owners who are mid-career, you know, navigate that path and make sure that their impact starts today instead of 20 years later, you know? Wow. That is such a great legacy for you to be able to step into because, you know, when you recognize your gift and that's what this show is really about, how do you overcome obstacles? And so when you say, here you are in the car, again, close your eyes, you're sitting in the car, you, you know, it's 2008 and you're like, I'm kind of bored. I need something to be inspired by. And, and I was this, bored. I was scared. <laughs> and this idea just comes to you. And now to look at it 12 years later and think, if you wouldn't have taken that action on that one idea and try to put it into play, what, you know, where you would have been, who knows, right? And the thing is, you have been able to influence and change so many, spe- many people's ideas um, about what they can do and how they can give back. And that's really what, that's what this world is all about. Yeah, I'm pretty grateful for that, having that opportunity. And, you know, back then, you know, I was able to like tangibly mar- make markers because we kind of had to, if I claimed that we gave X amount or redirected a certain amount of money um, in that world, I had to have it all documented. Mm-hmm. Now it's a little less um, specific because I'm working with business owners and, you know, it's their impact in a bigger way. And for me, it's gone beyond charity. It's actually, you know, circled back to the individual. Um, as time has progressed, I realized that while I was really helpful in, in that monetary gift, uh, that people and business owners need to be. And one of the reasons those people were saying, well, I wish I knew 20 years ago is because they didn't have time. They were panicked. They were freaking out. They were building a business and they just couldn't, they weren't well. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and now in their retirement, they were well because they had time and the energy. And I wanted to be able to help entrepreneurs get that today. Mm -hmm. And so when they feel stressed, when they feel like there's a bigger target somewhere down the road and they're not achieving it, you know, I, I come in and kind of say, you know, let's look back, let's look more at how you're giving to yourself, you know, for your mental and your physical health and your wellness. And then, you know, it now, if you have that and you have, you know, your business is working and you have the freedom to think and create and be away from it sometimes, you know, what then, how much impact can you have today? And imagine the multiplier on that, if you do that for the next 20 years. Mm -hmm. So you know, I, I think that's a really interest. It's an interesting positioning today. And now it's harder to quantify because yeah, we're making entrepreneur owners lives better. They're more connected to the impact that they want to have today instead of somewhere down the road. And they're making strides to do that. Uh, the question that what I don't see anymore is I don't know the numbers. Mm. I used to say, well, this gift is worth X, right? I, I just don't see that number, but you know, there's a bigger multiplier. Mm-hmm. Well, it's about mindset, though. You know, as you just walked us through that, if you can change someone's mindset 20 years earlier, think of what that does to their entire life. Like that's going to affect all the spheres of influence in their community, in their family, in their health. And, uh, you know, being able to really say, I am impacting this in this way. Yes, I may be busy building this dream, uh, but I have control. I do have some sense of you know, control over this part 
And, and so that's what's going to look bigger in my legacy because we don't, you know, we don't have any control on how long we're going to be here uh, in this world, but we do control our plan, right? <laughs> <laughs> we, we do have some de- degree of self-determination. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Because <laughs> we talk about this, you know, all these rules of leadership where, you know, if you don't design your life, if you don't plan it, you're going to end up somewhere else. And so if you really take this lesson that you've just walked us through, it's really important to connect to those things that, you know, you may not know about, but uh, somebody like you that says, hey, if you're on this path and you want to be able to try to, you know, in 20 years to leave this legacy, my gosh, learning those steps is really, really critical to be able to um, have that for other people and, and generations to come. And so well, what a great way to um, to be able to just have your life, right? And, and say 12 years ago, I never had an idea that it would really come come as far as it has. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, and to allow so we as humans have a little bit of a challenge. And I used to see this all the time in the financial planning world. um, And now I see it in entrepreneurial world. And that is we really have like very short sighted, you know, we don't see very far ahead of us. And, And it's difficult to think about us in the future. And sometimes we're able to set a big goal. And but we're really, you know, shooting in the dark a little bit because we don't, uh, you know, we don't conceptualize it in the same way. But what I really understood about that is that we often just think of our future in the terms that of our lives today. So we think of it in our financial means, our geographic location, and all of these things that surround us within kind of eye, eye and earshot. And we only, and then we build our future from that perspective. Mm-hmm we rarely consider our futures in terms of what would I really ideally like? What is the, what is the thing for me? And just allow us to, to kind of project that without barriers. And if, and if they have a guide, if you have a guide, like I was able to help people, and now I can see what that future looks like. And I can see a lot of futures that people don't want to have, but they're going on the path to, right? And so um, I can help people say, I've been on the other side now. I've, I've seen what it looks like. I, I went to that other side of the rainbow or, <laughs> or whatever, to the other part of the lawn that's a little greener. And, and I, and I kind of have an understanding of what that looks like. Um, and, you know, I can help you craft your own idea of where that's going to, how that's going to happen for you. Mm-hmm. And, and I, that becomes extremely powerful when we can get out of our current life circumstance and see a bigger future that is, you know, maybe just outside our grasp, but is entirely achievable. I mean, my family, we just picked up and moved two years ago. We're celebrating a move geographically and we really uprooted and left. We didn't like run away, but we, (laughs) but we ran away for a better life in a lot of way, lifestyle part of part of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would never have been able to conceive of that years earlier, that that was even a thing, a possibility and now I wonder why I never did it earlier. You know, I, you know, you, you start to think, boy, I, these things, you know, that we, we just commit to and, and all of a sudden you can have, you can have it all. You are, you really can have it all. You just have to conform and build your life around or build your work or your business or your, or your giving around those ideals. And it's amazing that when you plot it out in, in pretty specific terms, how quickly it can happen. Mm-hmm. Tell me, Mike, who influenced you when you were 
you know, when you were kind of developing, uh, as you were growing up and, and kind of making you um, really realize your gifts in this financial services world originally? I had, uh, I didn't, I had, <laughs> I had a very, <laughs> I had an interesting path. So my path in the last decade became a clear and uh, very, very outlined, very um, logical sense of the path. Uh, with great leaders and great mentors. Prior to that, I had a lot of people in my life who were supportive and interested um, that were um, not really helpful, but um, they were they were kind of fans, right? And growing up, I was basically given free reign to do whatever I wanted to do in terms of if I wanted to try this or succeed in this. My family had an enormous amount of love, enormous amount of stability in my life. And basically, basically, if I just on a whim said, I want to do this, they're like, go for it. You know, we'll support it. Mm -hmm. But it was kind of everything. And then in my 20s, when, you know, I kind of got out of university and I started on a path and I started to fumble a bit more. Uh, my father was, you know, struggling with mental illness. Uh, he still does, but he's in, he's fantastic. But he's like one of those perfect case studies of a person who, you know, had it all his life. But at that time, in my early 20s, he was struggling mightily and they were losing their and my parents were losing their business at the same time and so all the worst things that could possibly happen in their lives for a brief moment in time was occurring mm -hmm. and when I kind of needed some guidance probably from the only person I trusted even though I would have told my dad to go you know take a hike because I knew everything apparently at that <laughs> time <laughs> but but there was probably a moment in time where that would have been helpful but it wasn't available and to no fault of anybody's, right? It's just circumstantial. But then I managed to follow some really bad mentors into whatever it was that their life was doing. And, and I really didn't have a clue how to get good guidance. And when I stepped away from that, when we had our first child, and I really said, I better figure life out a little bit more. I started my first avenue of um, mentorship, if you will, was reading becoming an expert, becoming an expert in the science of investing, becoming an expert in um, some personal development. I just dug into a lot of that. And, um, and then also in marketing and sales. And so in a, in a period of time, books were my number one resource for that because I couldn't trust the people on the outside. So I went inside to my own head and, and you know, and then began to seek the help of those who'd done it before and those who were the best. So in investing, I went and listened to Nobel laureates. I thought that was a pretty good place to start. Go with the smartest people who wrote the textbooks. Mm -hmm. I would, you know, go learn from them. And that pattern of learning began to take hold. And so right after that 2008 period, I started investing heavily time and money in and mindset in coaching. And so I found, I sought out and found some of the best coaches I could find for me uh, to help me navigate that journey. And those people were absolutely critical to kind of that window of time from like that big idea to, you know, it worked. Right. And then the next level is I just, I constantly live by that. So I, I look for the best, like I go out for, you know, I don't just, <laughs> I just go seek out the absolute best. And I say, you know what, I, I need to learn this from you. Can you help me? And is it an investment? Great. I'll, I'll make the investment or, you know, what is the relationship, whatever it is, just make that investment. So I don't hesitate. And what's great is I've had all that information. I could share it with my clients now. They don't have to do 
the miles I had to do. Mm-hmm. Well, what would you say to somebody, though, that um, says, yeah, but wasn't that scary? Like to go to somebody that you didn't know or start to learn things that you felt maybe were putting you outside of your comfort zone. You know, I, I know your personality. You're just like, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> right? Bring it on. I want to learn this. And so where do you think, you know, just uh, being able to achieve and can kind of like see that tangible result? Is that what drives you, do you think, too? I thought the alternative was scarier, you know? I thought the alternative, meaning that if I turned around and tried something, I didn't have a clue what to do. I thought that the alternative would be step in another pile of doo-doo again. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought um, waste another two years trying to figure this out instead of solving it today. I thought all of those options were scarier than I could possibly imagine. And I don't, you know, I'm 50 now. I feel like I don't have time to mess around. I shouldn't have. And I thought that way 10 years ago too, when I approached all these coaching, all these coaches is I just said, you know, as I was approaching 40 back then, I said, I don't have any time to waste. You know, I, I don't have time to mess up anymore. I don't have time to make more mistakes. I don't have time to be the guy who has no clue and just wonder what happened. Um, it's time to take control. And the option, uh, the alternative was, you know, find people who help, who've done it before and can help guide you through it and shine the light. Um, that seemed like a really good option. Wasn't scary at all. Um, sometimes it was scary uh, investing you know, our vacation money in, <laughs> in, in personal development mm-hmm. instead of um, in, in the family. Uh, but there was always a payoff and there was always an opportunity and always growth. And, all, and then we got the trip, you know, mm-hmm. um, sometimes that was sc- kind of scary. A young family, you don't want to miss those moments. But, um, you know, I'd rather have been on a beach in Mexico with my kids than um, in an airport in, you know, Pittsburgh or something, you know, mm-hmm. but um but it was well worth it. What a great lesson about trade-offs. And it's so important. You know, a lot of people are listening to this, I'm sure, and saying, my gosh, you just, you have it together. You know, you're the guy, (laughs) you're the guy that, uh, that really (laughs) put put it together. But I think you bring up a great lesson is, you know, what you do, the success is going to be a greater result than worrying about the fear. And, and so many people say, oh yeah, but but the fear is there, but you just have to shut that off and say, I don't, I don't really want to go there at all. So I'm going to do everything I can to, you know, make this work, whatever it takes. I'm going to make this work. And, uh, Oh yeah. So proud. You know, of and, you. and I even weighed, you know, that investment because there's to get, you know, if you're going to work with, if people aren't volunteering and donating the time that are valuable people, um, they're, you have to invest in them. Mm-hmm. And, and often it's, five figures plus. Mm-hmm. And that's not a small uh, sum for most people right. to make that commitment. And what I looked at it is if I invest and I'm successful in my own business, right? My dollars go a heck of a long way. You know, a dollar invested in the right place growing my business could be two or 10 or a hundred dollars. Um, I looked at, and I was in the markets, I was in the stock markets and I believe it's a great place to grow wealth and protect your wealth and have long-term savings. But I looked at the returns that you could reasonably get from a modest portfolio of stocks at eight or 10%, um, over like over a lifetime of investing. And then I looked at my return on capital, if my business worked and, you know, my experience was an $80,000 a year job, uh, business went to $800,000 a year in six years. 
and you're going, well, why would I ever try to get 8%? You know, <laughs> why not invest in me? I mean, you need diversification, you need savings, you need some protection, you need some security and risk management. But boy, um, sometimes I would look at my savings and go, well, that better be in my business today because that's my next step. That's how I'll grow. Wow. Uh, and I know it's like petrifying for a lot of people, especially going through what we've just been going through the last six months um, because they're thinking, well, I really needed my nest egg. And it's true. You do need your nest egg, but you, you also need a business that works. Right. Because it'll have, it'll build your nest egg times two or times 10. Mm -hmm. That is so, that's such a powerful lesson, Mike, that you just took us through uh, because we're all, struggling with that. I think everybody in the last six, seven months has said, well, you know, I can do this, but just because I can doesn't mean I should. <laughs> and then it's having the right coach, though, to be able to put perspective around it, right? Because if you just leave things the way that they are, things will never change. And so you have to step outside of your comfort zone and, and be able to dare to dream differently, and, and that's really the kind of person you are. And that's why you're such an inspiration. And I absolutely love having you on here <laughs> to tell your story because people really need to start doing that. And especially the people that are trying to change the conversation and change the communication on who they're connecting to and really understanding it's about the other person, right? <laughs> you have a dream, but you've got to connect to what, what everybody else is really seeing uh, for their life. And that's going to be how you become successful and significant in the world. Yeah. And, you know, I think if you ask yourself the simple question, what if, and you allow that occasionally to guide your decision-making uh, you might get to the place that you have that enjoyment and that fulfillment, you know, mm -hmm. what if, and, and, and it's twofold, right? What if double-sided rather it's what if I don't, what if I don't do this? What if I don't make that investment in myself? What if I don't improve? What if I don't allow happiness into my life? What if I don't allow success to come to me? Right. Or what if I gave myself every opportunity to get that? What if I, I just spoke to one person who might help me? What if I made that investment in myself? And sometimes maybe, you know, that last dollar is probably better invested in the person who says, you know, objectively, you probably should give up what you're doing and go find a different thing, right? Like that's worth it too, mm -hmm. uh, before you just drive yourself into the ground, right? Um, so, you know, I think seeking good counsel, understanding that uh, there are people who can truly help is really a key part of it. And then understanding that there are people who actually have your best interests at heart and they're not just there to, you know, give them your nine-step program or whatever. Mm -hmm. Man. Wow. Mike, you are amazing. I really just, you know, I've got so many notes here. I, I just love to kind of go back over this and, um, Tell me before our listeners, uh, how can we get a hold of you? How can we find you? What's the easiest way to reach out to you to have you come speak to our teams and hire you? <laughs> <laughs> so I always joke that if you can spell my name, you can find me online because there's not many of me. So Mike Skripnik, and that's S-K-R-Y-P-N-E-K, and I know you'll post it. Uh, but uh, otherwise, look for Grow, Get, Give. That's Grow, Get get, give, grow your business, get more freedom, give back. Look for it.com. 
Um, look for me on Facebook, look for me on YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm there. So if you can find my name, you can find me anywhere on the planet, you know? Um, and that's right. Like I, I'm, I'm here, I'm available to speak. I love speaking. That's one of the things I, tr I truly do miss for live speaking, but I'm happy to do this all day long too online and uh and coaching is is what where the magic happens behind closed doors you know absolutely it sure is so anybody that's listening if you have been inspired today you need to reach out to mike this could change your life it could change your life if you're looking for a legacy investment uh and to really make a difference in the world and so mike i really thank you from the bottom of my heart thank you for being an everyday leader thank you for being an everyday leader that is really, truly changing the world. Oh, you're very welcome. And we can book a call and investigate what helps them grow, get, give. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. You've heard it here. Go right there. Find Mike. Connect to him. And it really will change your life. Thank you for tonight, Mike. Thank you so much for joining us. Awesome. It was a pleasure. This has been a Joe Studios production.